For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Okay, so welcome to a special edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Ah, what can I say? It is a very heavy day today because I'm, I'm at a loss for words. Um, right now, today, I'm in New York City. It's a Thursday. And I know I'm not starting off my show the way I usually do because it's it's a tough time right now. There's so much going on. There's so much that we're dealing with. My topic today and what I'll be talking about with you, I have no guest today. You are my guest. Uh, my topic is all about why we need to come together today. And... Uh, I feel it's so, so important. I just had a call this morning with my, my friend and coach, Monique, and we had a beautiful, beautiful call with people from across the world. I mean, literally people from the United States, Europe, India, talking about these times and what's going on. And so, and, and ever since the weekend, I've really felt kind of inspired and motivated that, that this is the topic for today. So I want to get into it. Let me, let me, of course, I have my quotes of the day uh, to kick us off. Um, and I apologize if I do not have my usual energy and I'm not necessarily as, as uh, vibrant as I usually am. Um, but given these times, uh, can you blame me? <laughs> okay, let's get started with our quote from the universe. One sign of achieving enlightenment other than auras, tinkling bells, and a healing touch, is that you start valuing idle daydreaming as much as you value planning. Another is that you begin talking sweetly, not only to plants and trees, but to cars and toasters and computers. And quite unequivocally, feeling gratitude for your present challenges, love for lousy drivers, and sympathy for those who don't see service in their work. Serving 7 billion, the universe. So I think what uh, Mike Dooley in the universe is, is trying to encourage us here is it's about understanding that as we evolve and as we develop and as we take sort of a more spiritual perspective to things going on in life, that we start being kinder and gentler to everyone and everything, even inanimate objects. And that we start feeling more gratitude, even for the challenges that we have right now. And believe me, I, I know it. it. It is tough right now. And it's hard to feel 
um, it's hard to feel grateful for the challenges we're going through when they're so difficult and they're so challenging. <laughs> um, but we will get through this. And hopefully by the end of this show, maybe uh, what I talk about and, and what I say will help you and myself uh, start to see that maybe these challenges, while difficult and heavy hearted, actually are in our best interest. All right, let's see what Abraham says today. You will always, almost always, most of you, Choose negative emotion over no emotion because emotion indicates desire. It's exciting. Abraham. I think a rather apropos quote for what's going on these days because I have a feeling and this, this whole culmination of things is so perfectly orchestrated by life that had it not been for COVID for the pandemic and for this lockdown, there wouldn't have been such a buildup of energy. What Abraham is saying here is that we'll always lean in direction of feeling some kind of emotion. Now, if we lean in the direction of feeling more expansive emotions, much, much better for ourselves. But in absence of being able to do that, we will lean in the direction of more contractive emotions. Now, anger, I don't, is actually not that contractive an emotion because anger has a lot of energy and power behind us and it gets us into action. Sadness, depression, apathy, much lower on the scale. Because when we're in those emotions, we're kind of stuck and we're not doing anything. But when we're in anger, we get out and we do something. We, 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 move forward, we make an effort. Um, maybe sometimes it doesn't always come out the best way, but it motivates us. And so when we are like so shut down, because what we're dealing with is so enormous and so huge, and we just don't know how to deal with it, and we shut off our emotions, it's going to come out somehow. And I think we're seeing evidence of that all over the place. And so, yeah. So those negative, quote unquote, negative, I'll call them contractive. I don't really believe any emotion is negative, but those contractive emotions, we're going to, if, if we can't feel upliftment and joy and happiness, because of whatever situation we're in, because of how we're viewing things, because of what we're having to deal with, because of inequality and injustice that we see all around us. Because if we can't reach there, then at least we can reach towards anger. At least we can reach towards rage. At least we can reach towards something that indicates desire. Because ultimately, what is anger and rage all about? It's saying no to the contrast. It's saying no to the things that we're experiencing that we do not want to experience. And that contrast, Abraham says this over and over again, that contrast helps us 
to clarify what it is that we really want. Now, you may say, Sam, look, we all know what we want. We all want to be treated fairly. We all want uh, to have a good life. We all want to feel like our life isn't in danger just because we walk out of our house. Yes, we know that. But do we really feel it? And maybe it's not about clarifying what our desires are on an individual level, but on a collective level. All too often, we take things very personally. We think it's about us. And the majority of the time, it's not personal at all. And I know, believe me, I feel it with you. It's hard to not take things personally many times, especially when you're in the middle of it, especially when someone is acting out against you. But the more I work with people, the more I do my own work, the more I understand the way we operate as human beings, it's actually never about us when someone else is acting out. It's about them. And things that happen in the world that seem so huge and so big and we don't know how to deal with it. That's definitely not about us. That's about the world. Now, if we don't recognize it and we're not learning our lessons, yes, that could be very much about us. But for you, my, my loyal listeners, my conscious tribe, I have a sneaking suspicion this is not a lesson you need to learn, but it is a lesson many other people need to learn. And maybe for some of you, maybe for some of you, it is a lesson to learn. For me, it, it's the contrast, I guess, helps to pull me out of my own world because I'm very fortunate and I'm very, very grateful for my life today. But my life hasn't always been one that I was grateful for. I've been through very difficult times in my life. Early on, when I was younger, as a matter of fact, I would say from like the middle of college until I was almost 30, it was pretty difficult for me. And I don't know, maybe because I had such a difficult time early on, now that I'm older and, and, and more mature, uh, maybe now it's, it's, I'm, I'm enjoying a better life because of that. And things even after then weren't always easy. I mean, I've had very difficult times around different things, you know, as, as little as eight years ago. And, and, and more recently than that too. But, but. I am very, very grateful for the life that I have today. And maybe that just means um, being able to shift my perspective the way the universe was talking about in the first quote. And maybe that just means that I see things a little differently and I can take a longer term view and I can kind of feel where we're coming from, feel where we are and feel where we're going.
And because I guess I have this intuitive sense, and I may be right and I may be wrong. You know, one of my mentors, Ian, likes to say that, you know, intuition is a funny thing and the intuition can be way off on stuff when we have our own agenda towards things. And so I'm aware that I have an intuitive feel towards things, a general kind of feel about what's going on and where we're headed. But I also have my own agendas. And so knowing that I am always take my intuitions with a grain of salt. Uh, because it's quite likely they could be off in some ways, in many ways. And and I think that as as conscious beings, as as conscientious people, it's normal to have some self doubt. It's normal to question ourselves because we want to do the right thing. Because we're not always sure and because we know ourselves maybe a little bit better or we're more aware of things a little bit more than other people and so we're not quite as confident as some other people who are certain that they're right even though they may not be and so it can be difficult for us i know it can be difficult for me i do question myself my own motives and and I know because, look, we're a mixed bag. Nobody is pure. Nobody is completely without an agenda. Nobody is completely without their own internal biases, they're, whether they're inherited, societal, racial, whatever kinds of biases you may have, I may have, we may have. So this is where we are today. And so... Believe it or not, two, uh, two very apropos quotes from Mike Dooley in the Universe and from Abraham. And uh, I'm going to be sharing more around all of this. I do have to take a quick break. Um, but when I come back, um, I want to start getting into really the main topic of today and, and the title for this show, which is, Why is now the time for us to come together? Because there's never, ever been a time in the history of humanity like there is today. And now, not only is the time to come together, but I will hazard to say, now we must come together for our very own survival. And I'll explain why after this. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And we will be right back after this. Welcome back. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And if you're tuning in today for the first time, believe me, most of my shows are usually not like this. They're usually much uh, higher energy. But given everything that's going on, I'm taking a little bit more somber tone today. 
especially because I had a call yesterday and a, a, call, a day before yesterday and a call this morning where we talked about what's going on in the world today with the protests and the riots and the deaths and everything else. And uh, I just want to invite you. I, I want this to be a safe space. So if you're listening on talkradio.nyc, if you're listening on the Facebook Live, uh, please feel free to type your comments in uh, to the, the video. Um, and I will absolutely acknowledge those comments, read them. If you have questions, I would love to hear how you are feeling and, and what, what are you going through emotionally. And I see uh, loyal listener Patty uh, on the Facebook Live. Thank you so much. Uh, oh, as always, Patty, I so appreciate you, and I'm so glad you're with us today. I hope my other loyal listener, Sanaya, is listening in, because I would love to hear from her how she's feeling these days. Um, so this show is titled, uh, Why Why is Now the Time for Us to Come Together? And it's not just because of the protests. I want to be clear on that from the beginning. And it's actually a good happening. And I'll give you my perspective of what's going on. And it's purely my perspective. I'm not saying it's the truth. I'm not saying it's the only, uh, uh, the only way to see things, it's just the way I am seeing things right now. And if you ask me tomorrow or next week or next month or next year, I may have a completely different perspective. But for today, for whatever reason, I have a tendency to look at the bigger picture of things. And, and it's one of the things that I also um, teach my coaching clients about is, is, is sort of not to judge what's right in front of us right at this time because time and distance will give us a different perspective on things. And so I've been very well aware of for the last, I don't know, uh, uh, 15 years about sort of the shifts and changes that humanity as a whole is going through. And for the last 10 years, especially because I've grown a real appreciation for astrology, we, we used to have a wonderful, wonderful show called Living Consciously um, that was done by this uh, amazing Jungian astrologer by the name of Monty Taylor. And listening to his show week after week, and he did a show for five years with us. It was a wonderful show. I really got a deep appreciation for astrology. And so the reason why I bring this up is because right now we're in the middle of this major astrological shift where we're moving from being in the sign of Pisces to, to moving into the sign of Aquarius. Uh, for those of you who are a little older and, and, and were around or remember or, or, or those of you who are even younger but love the old stuff in the, in the 60s, the, 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 the play in the movie Hair, uh, you know, is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. And, and what does that mean? I mean, there's a real sort of uh, uh, physical observable phenomena, which is where the, the, the constellations and, and these different zodiac signs 
And it's basically where the sun and, and my astrology friends will correct me if I'm getting this slightly wrong. But basically, when the sun rises, the, the, the zodiac signs kind of are like a ring that go around the sky. And as we're traveling around the sun and the sun is traveling uh, around the center of the galaxy and everything is moving, there are these patterns, these circles. Everything is kind of like a circle, circular in astrology. And so where the sun rises in the morning, it's, it's in, it's in the vicinity of a certain zodiacal sign. And so for the last, I believe it's 2,600 years, the sun has been rising in the sign of Pisces. And now that's shifting and changing because it's moving over to the sign of Aquarius. Now, this shift is not like something that happens instantaneously over one night, because we're talking about very huge, huge cycles. So the transition periods are also going to be very long. And, and my kind of intuitive feel and things that I've heard other people say it would not surprise me if we started making that shift around 1965 and we're going to finish that shift around 2065 because I hear a lot of people talking about 2065 is when we're fully going to be in these new energies. And so the basis of astrology is how these celestial bodies affect the energy, the subtle energy of what's going on. So it's not a hit you over the head with a hammer kind of energy, but it's sort of what type of energies are being supported. And so the energies of Aquarius are about egalitarianism, brotherhood, equanimity, rebellion in some ways. And so what I see happening is, and it's been happening for the last 60 years or so, is collectively as a race and the energies that are being supported are those that are more egalitarian. What does that mean? It means that we're treated equally. It means that everybody is valued. It means that we're all here. We're all brothers and sisters. I like to say like there is no them. There is only us. And so when you see protests against injustice, that's a very Aquarian energy where you see people working together in community, supporting each other. That's an Aquarian energy. When you see movements, movements that are about reform and about a more enlightened approach to life, that's an Aquarian energy. And so what does that mean is we're moving into a time period where those kinds of efforts and those kinds of actions are more energetically supported than what we had before, which was a more authoritarian kind of energy, more of also, a, I mean, a lot of people say if a, a time of lack and fear, but there's always lack and fear with us. It's whether we give into it or not. 
And so we're moving naturally, whether we want to or not, regardless of what's happening in the world today. We're moving into that time of greater community, greater brotherhood, sisterhood, more equality among people. So that's one big factor that we're in the middle of. And these protests are a perfect example of it. And I believe that actually, and, and it, again, we still have, I, I think, I feel, we still have a bumpy road ahead of us. But I do believe hearts and minds are shifting. Pe more people are waking up than ever before. Not everybody. And that contrast is being more evident than ever before. That the disparity between uh, people in power and people not in power, the disparity of people in privilege and people who don't have privilege, the disparity of, of the extreme concentration of wealth versus the extreme poverty that many people in the world are experiencing. And hey, I know, I live in the United States. Just by virtue of living in the United States, I know I'm in the top, you know, 20% uh, of the world and that there's a huge, huge segment of the world that's much, much poorer than even the poorest people in the United States. And living in New York City, I'm even more privileged, one of the wealthiest cities in the world. I know that's a privilege. And it's one I don't take lightly. And that's why I'm taking this time, this moment in my show to talk about these difficult things. And so when we see injustice, in particular, this racial injustice, where, let's face it, black and brown people, people of color, people who are not Caucasian are not treated the same in this country are not seen the same in this country. And when you have the people who are responsible for protecting us, our police force, who are the ones who are supposed to keep us safe, when they're the very ones who are perpetrators of crimes against us, we know deep in our hearts something is wrong. Something is deeply wrong. Something is systemically wrong with what's going on. And we can only live with that for so long. And I believe because we have been in lockdown, because we have been having to, some people losing their jobs, not making income, being with ourselves, having to really face the stark reality of what we're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis, that it brought all of us to a point where anything like this is not a straw that breaks the camel's back. It's a brick and that we cannot and will not stand for it anymore because we know in our heart of hearts, we know in, in the depths of our soul that it is wrong. It is wrong. Nobody wants to be treated this way. Nobody wants to fear for their life. 
just because they went out of their house. How many people have to die? How many people have to be killed for no reason at all before we say enough is enough? And I believe now we have reached that tipping point. We have reached that boiling point where we cannot and will not stand for it anymore. Now look, does this justify violence back? No. Does this justify looting? No. But I'm hearing many, many, many stories about how the looting is not actually by the organizers of the protests, is not by people of color, it's by people brought in from other states, it's by people agitated into making that action so that people on the opposite side can point to them and say, oh, look at these people, look at what they're doing. That it's not really, it's not really what the protesters want. And there are many, many, many cases I see of the protests being peaceful, of the police even kneeling down and honoring the protesters. Uh, I shared it before, but, but somehow it, it got taken down. I can't find it now. Of a young black kid who, 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 had a, who was a, engaging in the protest and he had a sign that said, free hugs. And a white police officer came up to him and hugged him and you could see a tear down the cheek of this young black kid. And, that, and there were many instances of that. Because as much as there are people who are prejudiced, who will use violence against people for no other reason than the color of their skin, there are also people who know it's wrong. There are also people who stand up for their friends, who stand up for everybody, who know that this is wrong. It all depends which we choose to focus on. And so now we really, really, I believe, need to focus on those things that can bring us together because of the challenges we have yet to face. And I know I keep mentioning it and talking about it, but I'll get into it a little bit more. I have to take another break. Thank you all for staying with me. I appreciate all the love I'm seeing on the Facebook Live, the likes and the hearts. But please, I want you to share your stories too. Tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what you're seeing. Let me know. Let this be a safe space for you to share. And if you want me to, I, I won't even say your first name. Um, but let me take this quick, quick break and we'll come back right after this. And welcome back to this uh, edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. It's a special show today where I'm talking kind of all about uh, what's going on in the world today and, uh, and my perspective and why I believe now is the time we need to come together more than ever before. 
And I really, for those of you who are listening uh, on the Facebook Live video, please comment and share. I see Patty says, we need to make the dream a reality. I believe she's talking to Martin Luther King's dream. We need a leader. I'm 72. I would like to see peace with all our brothers and sisters before I transform. Yes, me too, Patty. I, I believe, and I believe we will. And uh, you're young in heart, young in spirit. So uh, uh, I think you're going to stick around long enough for it. So I really want to start talking now. I was talking in the first half really about where we are and, and how I see things today. But why do we need to come together now more than ever before? And I think this whole pandemic is just one example of why we need to come together. And there's so much to be learned from this pandemic, not just about um, health and transmission of viruses and things like that, but our own responsibility, our own part to play and how interrelated we all are. Because one person's health is everybody's health now. And this tiny little thing known as a virus that can uh, uh, go undetected because you can't see it, you can't smell it, you can't taste it, you can't touch it. Well, you can touch it, but you don't know you have it until you're feeling it, until you're tested for it. And this whole idea of social distancing and wearing masks, physical distancing, really. It's not just about protecting ourselves. It's to prevent the spread of it to other people who might be much more susceptible to it than we are. And when I go out, when I went outside on the weekend and I was walking along the Hudson River for night and took a long walk. And I saw a lot of people engaged in sports and it was a warm, sunny day and not keeping social distancing and not wearing masks. It really concerned me because I felt that they didn't really understand that it's not just about them. They may be young and healthy. And even if they got it, they might not have any symptoms or if they got it, they had some symptoms that they would recover from it. But it's about the other people. It's about the people who maybe have underlying conditions, who could pick it up from them. Maybe they're just carriers. And that's the thing that this, this pandemic, this, this virus is so sneaky and so um, uh, uh, dangerous in that it can go undetected. It can slip right by us and we may have had it and never known and infected hundreds of other people. So coming together now, it's not just about saving our own life, but about saving the lives of people around us. Now, this is the first time the world has faced a pandemic like this. It may not be the last. With the changes in our environment, with, with, with how the, 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 the polar ice caps are melting, and other things going on in the environment, this may only be the first of many pandemics that we may have to live through. And even if it's not, 
maybe this is the only pandemic and maybe we learn our lesson and maybe after this we'll we'll get so good at keeping an eye on things that the pandemics won't be pandemics they'll only be local epidemics but there's a much more dangerous thing looming on the horizon that people have been warning about for a while and look i don't care if you believe in climate change or not i really don't because it's it's not just about the change in the weather and it's not just about whether it's man-made or not or human-made or not it's about how unsustainable the systems we have today are unsustainable physically mentally emotionally and even spiritually there is so much that we do that is unsustainable and we don't even realize it. I don't remember how long ago, it was more than 10 years ago, I saw this uh, short video uh, online called The Story of Stuff that was so beautiful and so touching that really showed how when we go and buy something in a store and there's packaging around it, and, and after we use them, we throw it out when it's no good anymore. The bigger picture, like what happens that we never really see when we go into the store, how it was made, maybe with toxic chemicals, the people who made it, the, how things are dumped in the environment and, and we didn't even see it. And how somebody else is paying the price for this thing being so cheap. And it really opened my eyes to how limited our perspective is. And if we continue these unsustainable practices, it's not about saving the earth. The earth is going to be here and it's going to last much longer than we are. And, 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 and nature, it's so evident during the lockdown of how when there's no activity or much less activity and people aren't flying as much and not driving as much, how nature naturally comes back and, and can correct itself. Indeed, we're the virus on the planet, not Corona. But these unsustainable practices are going to make the environment uninhabitable for us. It's not about destroying the environment for, for some species of bird that we don't even know exists. It's about making this planet unlivable for us as human beings. You know, how much, when we throw things out, does it go in a landfill or does it get dumped in the ocean? Do you even know? Do you know what happens with the garbage you put out there? We have dumped so much garbage in the ocean that the pH level is rising. And that's a very dangerous thing for life in the ocean. The shells of all kinds of uh, crustaceans, the shellfish, uh, like lobsters, are getting thinner because of it. The, the, over, the over farming of, of fish in the ocean is making the size of fish that you normally see smaller and smaller. What happens when we make the ocean so toxic that life in the ocean 
can no longer exist or the life that we feed off of the life in the ocean that is that is necessary for our survival what happens when that life disappears what happens if we end up killing off the plankton in the ocean which is what feeds the smaller fish which is what feeds the larger fish and suddenly there's no more fish to eat and suddenly there's no more fish byproducts and what happens when because of toxic dumping the ground and over farming and unsustainable practices make it so that we can't grow the very crops we need to survive and that we're not able to grow the kind of crops to feed our livestock that we also need for our own survival what happens then we are so short-sighted in this society and that is what's going to kill us and this is why we need to come together because even if we stop today and let's just say starting today the, the laws are implemented society changes corporations change and there's nothing but sustainable practices practice from here on out from today there will still be fallout from all of our unsustainable practices we've had until now and we all know you and i both know that's not happening today the world is not it's not going to turn on a dime like that it's still going to take time for us to shift away from those unsustainable practices it's going to take time for that to change which means the effects of those unsustainable practices are going to be felt more severely before it gets better and i don't mean to be a downer and i'm not looking to discourage you today this is really a warning and why we need to come together now is because the road is going to get much bumpier much bumpier before it gets better and we will not survive as the human species if we keep going the way we're going it doesn't take a genius you just need to look at history you just need to look at the way we've been living to see the truth of what i just said now it may feel daunting it may feel like too big a challenge for us as individuals to do anything about that is exactly why we need to come together because it is not i i believe with all my heart that life does not present us with any challenge that there is not a solution for and there is a solution for every single thing i'm talking about today and that i will have to get into in my last segment thank you for staying with me this is not an easy show for me to do it's not an easy show i'm sure for you to listen to but thank you for staying with me and i i hope that if the things i'm saying have resonated at all with you that you will share this video that you will share this podcast that you will share this show with your friends with people you feel need to hear this message anyway i'm going to take this quick break please stay with me i'm going to come back and wrap it up i actually have something an email that i got from believe it or not the president of the new york public library that I thought was such a beautiful email. I want to end on that note, but before I get there, I am going to talk about what 
we can do in the process. So please stay with me. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. I'll be right back after this. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for staying with me throughout this whole episode. I really do appreciate you. This is not an easy show for me to do. Um, and, and as I said before, it may not be an easy show for you to listen to. But I think this is a very necessary one and one that conversation that we really need to have about why we need to come together now. And we need to come together now. Because as big as the challenges we think we're facing now, we have bigger challenges for us on the horizon. Indeed, there's really a choice we have to make right now, which is do we come together as brothers and sisters and face the challenges that we are dealing with together because they affect all of us, every single one of us. I don't care how poor or how wealthy you are. These challenges affect every single one of us. They affect our children, our grandchildren, our parents, our grandparents. It affects everyone and it affects the future of the human race. And indeed, the only way we're going to be able to survive the challenges that are before us is by coming together. And you know, it's so ironic, it's so funny in some ways. This week, the and, and those of you who don't know me well, I love science fiction. I love the idea of space exploration and the fact that SpaceX, Elon Musk's company, uh, launched the first uh, American astronauts into space successfully. Um, the first one since the shuttle program stopped and they made it up to the space station. It was such a symbol for me of what we can do when we come together because the International Space Station would not exist were it not for international cooperation. That to me is the pinnacle of what we can do when we come together. We can conquer space. We can, we can conquer the most difficult challenges together. It was such a, an event of hope for me that says yes to the future, that says, yes, we can come together and do things. And it's the same week that, that these protests started and that the horrendous actions of one man, and I have to tell you, and I've said this on some of the calls, that seeing that police officer, and I won't even say the name, seeing him kneeling on Floyd's neck and he's already handcuffs. It reminded me of pictures I saw as a child of, of Nazi Germany, of soldiers in concentration camps kneeling on the necks of, of prisoners in the concentration camps. The exact same symbology of the boot on the neck. And it is disgraceful what happened. Yet I am 
truly hopeful because people have come together. And I don't know if you really look at the videos and you really look at the pictures of the protests, but they're not, the people there are not homogenous. They're not just black people. They're not just white people. And they're not just young people and they're not just old people. They're truly a collection, a cross-section of all of society. And that to me speaks to the real power of coming together. Why is now the time to come together? Because we can affect real change if we come together. By who we vote for. By what companies we choose to patronize. Indeed, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I even feel what has more power than our vote is what we vote with with our wallets. Who do we choose to spend our money with? Who do we choose to support? Do you choose to support people who uphold your values, who uphold this idea of sustainability, who uphold the idea of equanimity and that we're all brothers and sisters? Or are you choosing to uphold organizations and people who do not share those values? Voting with our wallets is much more effective in some cases. And indeed, the challenges before us, I mean, we haven't even begun. I mean, some people have, those who got laid off. But the economic challenges ahead of us are so huge, I personally cannot see a way that the current economic system can survive. Not the way it is. And it shouldn't survive because it's unsustainable the way it is. It needs to change. And there are many people, and it does not have to be one political leader on the top of the food chain who sets the tone. Leadership can come from anywhere. And it can, does not have to be an individual. There can be leadership within organizations. I'm very proud to be a member of the Evolutionary Business Council because we're having those difficult conversations about racism and bias. And I'm very proud to be a member of the heart-powered global nation that Monique started because we're also having those conversations. And so I got an email this week from the New York Public Library. Not necessarily what you would consider to be the most trend-setting organization out there. But I wanted to end the show reading not the entire email, but a good portion of this email that Anthony Marks put out. Because I feel this email demonstrates leadership. And this is what he said. This is an unprecedented moment in our history. We all feel it. The pandemic continues to be deeply challenging for everyone and tragic for too many. Now, the horrifying death of George Floyd in Minneapolis and the protests that have followed are weighing heavily on all our minds. COVID-19 has magnified and exposed our most deeply embedded failings and fault lines. We stand with the black community, our hearts aching for a country so divided by racial in injustice, arrogance, and hatred. It's hard not to be sad, not to be angry and to remain hopeful. 
In the face of cruelty, fear, and anxiety, we need to search for what we can still hold on to, what we can still believe in. We can all be proud of that mission of the library to educate, welcome, and respect all perspectives, convene safe and productive conversations, and offer opportunity to all, directly combats divisiveness, ignorance, hate, and racism. It is and remains our founding idea that everyone can learn and contribute and must be respected. And in learning about others, we learn about ourselves and hopefully find, hopefully find ways to live together to embrace and better understand each other. Our varied backgrounds and experiences within our city and society are our greatest source of strength, bringing new ideas and perspectives, teaching empathy, and shining a light on how we falter but not if we close our eyes and ears to the lessons of diversity, rejecting the validity and equal value of experiences and lives other than our own. When we fail, fail as a society to respect learning and each other, we become inhumane and untold tragedy follows. We have a responsibility to actively participate in our democracy as informed citizens to collectively refine, demand, and enact justice. Thank you, Anthony Marks, president of the New York Public Library, for your message. I could not have said it better myself, so that's why I read your message. Thank you all for listening. I hope this conversation has been helpful I hope, even though it may have been difficult to hear, it can give you some hope, some inspiration, just move you a little bit to find some way in your own life to come together, maybe with those who you find yourself in a division with. We need to learn to coexist, even with people who do not share our beliefs and do not share our values. We need to learn to live together because if we do not live together, we will die together. Thank you all for tuning in. I will talk to you next week. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.